Blog Talk Radio. Jesus. Let's see what you're talking about. Let's see what you're talking about. 
Constantine won the battle at the Milvian Bridge by a supernatural intervention from the God of the Christians, as he put it. Okay, we're back. Um going to bring in the brother Abaji does a show on Friday nights, Repentance is the Key. Um, you have to excuse me. we got a few technical difficulties, but we'll work through them. Don't worry. Just stay tuned. Hang on. Bear with us. Um, just like I said, we got the brother Abaja tuning in with us. He does a show on Friday nights on Blog Talk Radio on Friday, 7 p.m. Check out his show. But without further ado, we've got the brother Abaja. Brother, how are you doing this morning? Doing all right. How about yourself? Not too bad. Just uh, working through a bit of these uh, technical difficulties. But um, as always, yeah. as technical men, we know what to do. We can't be stopped. We just work through it. So what do you think about the topic that we're dealing with this morning? Well, or this afternoon if you're yeah. in the U.K.? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's pretty much, you know, the same things that we always deal with, but just from a different angle. You know, mm-hmm. taking tradition and uh, it's those things that have been adopted into and followed by many people that consider themselves Christian and not really understanding, and, and it, you know, where it came from. <clears throat> and it's funny mm-hmm. because it's like even even with people that so-called don't believe in the Bible or they don't acknowledge the Bible as the word of God, even they understand this. I mean, the, the, number one, a lot of the traditions that that Christians have come to follow are not only they're not in the Bible. You can actually go through so-called secular history and find where those things were incorporated or with how they infiltrated the church. But you know, hey, it's been Christianized, it's been cleaned up, so it's all good now, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. Right, and I, I'm I'm glad you said that because. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a clip and it's gonna go into the different um, traditions. Uh, hold on, this thing wants to do an update. Different traditions of how paganism infiltrated the um, infiltrated the church or infiltrated. Christianity from Christmas to Sunday worship to um, Easter, Valentine's Day, all of those things. I mean, when you open up the Bible, where is there a Valentine's Day? Tell you, you know, make sure you give your woman them flowers in February. Where is that in the scriptures? Or Christmas tree or mistletoe or Santa Claus or reindeer or um, Easter bunny, egg hunt. Where's all these things contained in the Bible? Um, really quick before we get into it, go to Isaiah 8 and 20. Now I want you to read Isaiah 8 and 20. Okay. I'm not my little earpiece. I used to go uh, being Isaiah. Isaiah 8 and 20. Can you hear me okay? Right. Yeah, you're good. Is this is on my end. Okay. All right. There, eight and twenty. Oh, my 
read 9 and 20. Here we go, 8 and 20. It says, To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because it is no light in them. Now, I, I want you I want you to keep that scripture in mind because we're going to come back to that as we go through this show. It says, to the law and to the testimony. What is the law and the testimony, Abaja? Oh, it's basically going talking about the whole entire Bible. Okay. From that's, cover to cover. That's a simplified, very simple to understand because the law, five, five books of Moses, the testimony is the prophets, the Psalms, and now the New Testament, that is the law and the testimonies, the testimonies that the prophesied, the prophets testified of the Most High, Christ, the angels, the Israelites, all those things that are contained in the Bible. It said, if they speak not according to this word, what was the next part, Abaja? That there was what? It is because there is no light in them. Okay, it's because there's no light in them. So if there's no light in them, what's in them? Dark. Okay, and who is the light of the world? And Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Okay, so enter the, the pagan traditions, and I'm going to play this clip. Let's listen to it. It's about three minutes. We may cut off before then because the, the point will be made, but let's listen to a little bit of it. Pagan traditions that are present in today's Christianity. There is so much talk about the pagan traditions that are present in today's Christianity. Some even say that Christianity is based on paganism and Jesus is another pagan god. Let's see what they're talking about. In the year 312, General Constantine won the battle of the Millennium Bridge by a supernatural intervention from the god of the Christians, as he put it. This victory made him the emperor of the Roman kingdom. In gratitude, he made Christianity the official religion of his kingdom. However, more than 80% of his subjects were pagans who worshipped sun god, along with a mother goddess, sometimes with a son, known by different names at different regions of his vast empire. These and, and that mother goddess was known as Mithras. Um, some of you that watch TV or watching the, um, the TV show about um, who's the guy? My one of one of the the medieval inventors who's it Michelangelo who's the other guy? It's not Michelangelo. What the, the Ninja Turtles? No, oh my God! <laughs> Michelangelo, Leonardo, Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci. There's a show um, uh-huh. called Da Vinci's Demons, and there's a secret cult called. Um, the, the Mithras cults, or they worship Mithras. So that was one of those cults that was back there that Constantine was part of, Mithras. And they put they put these things in Hollywood and TV shows like, oh, man, that that was, uh, man, that's Hollywood. Man, you're talking some fiction. But Mithras was actually one of those sun gods that was born on December the 25th that, they, that Constantine, who became the emperor of Rome, that he worshipped, and he was part of that cult. So he favored his God, and he made, which was supposed to be, um, he, he flipped it and said, okay, we're going to make Jesus' birthday the same birthday as the birthday of my God. 
So you can go and look that up. We've done countless shows, so we're not going to cover that here today. We just want to show you that a lot of the things that people call uh, call Christianity is not Christianity. It's actually paganism in disguise, and it's got a rubber stamp of Jesus Christ on it. It got nothing to do with Jesus Christ. So let's listen to some more of this. Gods, however, represented Nimrod, Semiramis, and his son Tammuz, who ruled over the Sumerian Babylon right after the great flood of Noah. Now, the church went out of its way to woo this pagan population, and of course made them Christians. For a starter, the Christian worship day was changed from Saturday to Sunday to coincide with the pagan sun god worship day. The symbolism of the sun was introduced inside the church to make the pagans feel at home. Since the pagans were used to worshipping statues, statues of Mary, Jesus, and other saints were introduced in church buildings. In those days, winter solstice was a major day of celebration, and there were many other festivals centered around this day in various parts of the Roman Empire. They were all bundled up into Christmas on December 25th in the name of Jesus' birthday. In the process, all pagan religious customs involving holly, ivy, mistletoe, yule logs, evergreen trees, and you name it, they all walked into Christianity. Another famous festival was the spring equinox in which the resurrected Semiramis is claimed to have returned to the earth in a large egg which landed in River Euphrates. A dove saw it and aided the egg to the safety of the shore. Out came Semiramis as the bare-breasted fertility goddess Ishtar and turned the dove into an egg-laying rabbit for helping her safe landing. It was also believed that her tears for her dead son Tammuz came as spring showers, watering the food crops and vegetation to sustain humanity. This ushering in of new life was interpreted as the resurrection of Tammuz. It was also a custom to mourn 40 days for Tammuz prior to the arrival of this day. Church adopted this pagan custom as Lent. The resurrection of Tammuz was replaced by the festival of Passover and the resurrection of Jesus still called by its old pagan name, Easter. Yes, these are some sad things that happened to Christianity. What happened to the pagans? Well, they became Christians eventually. Now, their children would tell you that Jesus Christ is their Lord and their Savior. In summary, all the pagan traditions in today's Christianity are due to the way in which Christianity was introduced to the pagans. Some of us may object the way in which it was done. Leaving that aside, I believe it is not bad after all seeing a grand mission. So, paganism have been introduced into what is today is known as modern Christianity. But it has nothing to do with the scriptures, whether it's Easter, whether it's Christmas, whether it's um, Halloween, all of these things are pagan traditions that have been introduced over the years. And people people go with it. People go with it. You know, why do people go with these things now that are obviously, you know, works of of evil is going contrary to to the Bible is going contrary to the words of the Most High in Christ is, you know that that is the question because the truth is being revealed 
on a on a daily basis. This is the information age. All you have to do is log onto your computer and, and you know type in well the truth about Christmas is Christmas pagan, and you can see okay the Christmas tree. And let's deal with that from a biblical perspective. Let's go to Jeremiah the tenth chapter in the first verse, because in ancient times the ancients always worshipped heavenly bodies. Okay. The gods, they named the gods that they saw in the sky after the planets. Mars, okay, Venus, Neptune, Pluto. These were the gods of the ancient world. And what is Neptune? Is that not a planet? Oh, the god of the sea. But it's a planet. It's a heavenly body. Uh-huh. What is Mars? That's the god Isn't of war. Isn't that a yep. planet? So they looked to the sky, and it said, those are the gods that we should worship, okay? And now it's been translated into different traditions and ways and rituals that people did on a yearly basis. And the biggest god of all was the sun, the sun god, okay? And so they had these traditions, and then as Christianity begin to to spread and the teaching of Christ begin to spread. The enemy who is Satan, it's not the white man. See people think, oh it's, it's the white man and see the white man and has done this and done that now. The true enemy is Satan. Okay? He's behind it all. So how do we stop this? Okay, what we're we gonna do? We're going to pollute, defile. And this is something that has been done over the ages where Satan has influenced different groups or nations to come up and defile the children of Israel from worshiping the Most High. Because when the children of Israel come together as one, okay, things, miraculous things begin to happen on the earth. And we convince the other nations that, look, those guys you got, they ain't nothing, and this is the true God. But let's read this in Jeremiah 10, verse 1. All right, Jeremiah 10 and 2. Thus saith the Lord. Start from 1. Oh, okay, Jeremiah 10 and 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Mm-hmm. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. So let's, let's see what it says. It says, thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. So what is the Lord saying in that passage right there. Well, it's pretty much straightforward. It says whatever the heathen are doing in reference to their God, we're not supposed to learn to follow that. Yeah. Does that does that include um, traditional practices? Yeah. This because this, so, this that whole thing is when we read down is going to show you. Give you an example of what he means by learn not the way of the heathen. You know, because some people can be simple and deal with semantics and try to say, well, see, you know, we're not supposed to learn it. No, it's going to tell you exactly what it's talking about as we read down. Well, it, it, we we are going to read down. But the scripture said, learn not the way of the heathen. The, the heathen just means nations. Someone's, oh, you're acting like a heathen. It means nations uh-huh. because Israel was surrounded by nations roundabout. And in this passage, Israel is going into captivity, 
under a Babylonian captivity. Okay? And that's what the scripture, when you speak written in Revelation, is talking about Babylon is fallen, Babylon is fallen. Ancient, ancient Babylon, as it is now in the Middle East, it doesn't exist. There's not a kingdom there that's, that's powerful. But there is the philosophy and the doctrine that is still in the world today. So the Lord doesn't want us to learn about the other gods of the nations and how they celebrate their gods. But that's exactly what has happened, and that's exactly what people is doing. Because you can read in Leviticus, the 26th chapter, where the Most High give you the holy days. That's where holidays, people say, happy holidays. That means holiday means holy day. Where the Lord already orchestrated, delivered, and given to Moses to give to the children of Israel what were the holy days? You read that in Leviticus. But people are not doing that. They're not keeping that traditions. So what traditions are they keeping? They're keeping the traditions of the heathen, keeping the traditions of the other nations. And the second part, it says, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. So the other nations, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the, the Romans, the, the Babylonians, the Africans, the Asians, they all worship heavenly bodies as gods, okay? They would see a fallen star. Oh, that's a bad omen. Oh, it's an eclipse. The world is going to end. Ah, ah, ah. How do we explain these things? The Lord already explained these things that he's like, I've made these things for signs in the heavens. I made a greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. He's already explained this. What the things are and that he has created them and then he's also explained that we're not to worship anything that is in the sky or the heaven above we're not to worship the sun we're not to worship the moon we're not to worship the stars we're to worship him but see people they don't understand that it's been disguised because that's how satan works he's a he's a trickster he's going to trick you he's going to deceive you and he wants us to worship him instead of worshiping the heavenly father so it says don't be dismayed at the signs of heaven the signs of heaven is the sun the moon stars the constellations things that's up there that the heavenly fathers put up they said look don't be confused by that don't be scared by that okay i put those things there okay the heathen they're dismayed at these things they don't understand these things well, you're supposed to understand these things because that's the doctrine that they teach. Okay, the sun is there. And see, like, we don't worship that, and we're going to get into that as well. So read on. All right. So we just got to read in verse 2. Verse uh -huh. 3. <clears throat> Thanks. I'll read verse 2 again. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs... Mm -hmm. Of the people are vain For one cutteth a tree out of the forest The work of the hands of the workmen With the axe Mm-hmm Let me read Go ahead. You read on Verse 4 They deck it with silver and with gold They fasten it with nails And with hammers that it move not They are upright As the palm tree But speak not They must needs be born Because they cannot go Be not afraid of them for they cannot do evil, neither also in it, excuse me, neither also is it in them to do good. So this is one of the, the customs or the traditions 
of the heathen that was done thousands of years ago before the birth of Jesus Christ. And so this is the ancient version of what, Abaja? Basically, it's the ancient version of a Christmas tree. But what is it really? Basically, that tree allegedly contained the, the spirit of one of their gods. Whether you're talking about no, don't, you're going Nicholas, too deep. You go, you go, don't go too deep. Don't go too deep. It's, it's an idol. That's yeah. it. Brother going deep. Where does it say that? Because I'm looking at it, I'm the same thing. And I was going to say the same thing that you saying. Like, they're losing people. Like, yeah, they, they, they're going off with some conspiracy theory. Because... People, no, the, no, no, you, no. It's not a conspiracy because we can, we can, we can go into historical facts. But I just want to keep it right here. Okay. Where is that? Where did? What is that? It's an idol. Okay. Because the uh-huh. other nations, they worshipped idols. Okay, and that was one of the customs and the traditions of the people. So, what do people do on December the twenty-sixth? They do exactly this. How can you call yourself a Christian and then you're going to take something that the scripture says not to do that was a heathenistic practice, a heathenistic tradition of how they worship other gods and then put it in your house? Okay, let's make it even simplified. What is the association between Jesus and a tree? Exactly. Quiet crickets. Ain't none. Okay. Is that how Christ said to be honored, or is that how Christ said to be remembered? Uh-uh. Okay. Let's let's get that. Let's go to First Corinthians, and let's see how Jesus wanted to be remembered. First Corinthians. 11 and 23. 1 Corinthians 11 and 23. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, 25, after the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, so, go ahead. Well, it says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So, how are we to remember Christ as Christ stated? This is basically when, when the believers and the followers of Jesus Christ came together. It's basically symbolic of the Last Supper, the so called Last Supper, not the painting, okay? But the last mm-hmm. supper, meaning the Passover, <laughs> the had, had, yeah, the, the one with Mary Magdalene sitting beside him. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
but it's symbolic of the last meal that he, the Passover meal that he ate with the disciples before they took him to be crucified that evening. That's okay. The, that's what this is symbolic of. So, why would why would this be significant for him to say to remember him in this way? Because it's putting people in remembrance of what his purpose was. It's basically the ushering in. It's the fulfillment of the the things as it pertains to the law of sacrifice in the Old Testament, in a sense, um, and the ushering in of the New Testament. And it's, it's not it's not complicated at all. I mean, it tells you right here about, you know, I'll just read verse 26. It says, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. So it's just going in, showing us, helping us to remember the significance of his sacrifice and why is it so important and why he has the preeminence now, second only to God Almighty. Right. I want you to go to Acts 5 and, and 29. That's That's right on the money. That's brilliant what you're saying. Because that's right on point. Christ, um, um, birth, death, and resurrection was for a purpose, and the purpose has nothing to do with a tree. He doesn't share glory with with Santa Claus. Okay, you got billions of children exalting Santa Claus as their Lord and Savior, and He's giving the gifts. Okay, huh. so it's a counterfeit. So. The attention, the focus is now taken off of Jesus Christ, and the attention and focus is now put on somebody else. So read Acts 5 and 29. All right, Acts 5 and 29. It says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The Mm -hmm. God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. So that was the purpose of Jesus Christ coming, being born, and dying on the cross and resurrected. is for to give repentance, to be a prince and to be a savior, and for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. He came teaching repentance. He died for repentance. He rose again, and the disciples carried on that mission of repentance. So when you think about and you remember Christ, you're supposed to remember that ye yourself are supposed to repent and turn to the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ and keep his word and keep his ways. See, Christmas does not do that. It's, it's going away to what? A wicked Celebration is reveling, okay? Reveling, when you look in the scriptures, reveling was when they had wicked parties and the base and the focus was these other gods, where there's Bacchus, okay? You're having the Bacchanal at the, uh, um, what do you call it? Carnival. What's going on at Carnival? It's a riotous type of party, is it not? Mm-hmm. People are drinking, people are having sex, people are breaking wedlock, people you know, people are going buck wild beads for boobs and 
what does that have to do with the Heavenly Father? But these are all the traditions, pagan traditions that pagans did, okay? You don't find these things in the scriptures. You know what that? Let's take uh let's take a short break and um we'll come back and we'll deal some more with this topic. So Baja, just take us to break. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, take the challenge to see Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m. The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursdays at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Pagan traditions. Pagan traditions and the mark of the beast. Hamalema ding dong. Okay, for those for those of you know like what's Playing. That's from the movie Akuna The Matata. Omen, where basically they show a little white boy. He's supposed to be the mark of the beast, and you got a six 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 on his head, and this and this and that. But oh, oh no! 
they don't know how um, Satan works or Satan operates, okay? And it's real simple to understand. It's real simple to know. And, you know, you ask yourself, why do people don't understand that, okay, Christmas is pagan, okay, these things are traditions of the other nations, these things are um, satanic, and really, when it comes down to it, it's um, devil worship. So let's go to the book of Genesis, the, the third chapter, and let's find out how Satan operates. Oh. Let's get enough of it. That's enough of enough. Damn devil music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you funny. You try to block it out. Why are you trying oh. to block it out? You try to do some other chant. I'm just talking about Lama Ding Dong. Oh, Hakuna Matata. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Okay, uh, we have to check. We have to check with our legal team. I'm not sure we can say um, um, Ding Dong on the radio. Careful, bro. Careful. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Genesis. All right. So what we at? You starting at verse one. Starting at verse one. All right. Genesis chapter three, verse one. It says now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he mm-hmm. said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And Go the ahead. serpent said unto the woman, verse 4, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes mm-hmm. of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. I so, and they heard what? Stop there. What happened in this situation? What was it? What was the serpent's behavior? It says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. So basically, this this uh, person, in a sense, was dealing. And trickery And dealing in deceit Because During the story When you read Basically It already says that God The Lord God says Don't touch the tree And don't partake of the fruit And mind you Didn't say it was an apple Because you see this whole thing Of Adam and Eve Eating the darn apple Or whatever But anyway The whole thing was He said Gave a basically A straight commandment Don't touch it Don't eat it and because you will, basically you will die, and the serpent was like, man, he don't know what he's talking about. Y'all ain't gonna die. So when they partook mm-hmm. of it, 
they didn't immediately drop dead and was like, hey, the serpent was right. But not understanding that the death that the Lord God was talking about was something on a whole other level. And that shows you how, how Satan deals as far as the, how the scriptures talk about the deceitfulness of sin. Yeah, you might be able to fulfill your lust or whatever it is that you're desiring up front, and you may not even feel the initial uh, uh, consequences of that decision. But when the real thing kicks in and the judgment of the Lord kicks in, that's when the full understanding comes in of why we shouldn't have made those decisions to go against the word of the um, Heavenly Father in the first place. The moral of the story. So I want you to look up the definition of subtle. Or subtile Look up that definition Okay Let me know When you have that And this is This is very important This is This is important For your salvation. The reason why is because the Lord told us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And, you know, we did a show and we was going into how, matter of fact, it was not a show, but we did a a, a sermon in our Sabbath class. And basically what we was going over is how brothers and sisters in the church should be dealing with people. They're dealing with Christmas. They shouldn't be harsh or, or judgmental because, Satan has deceived the whole world, okay? He's deceived the whole world. He's tricked the whole world. Just like in the beginning, he tricked Eve, okay? It says more subtle. So you got a definition for me? Basically, it's a word. The way they have it spelled in the Bible, Bible says, like maybe some people may say subtile, but it's a rare form of the word subtle. And basically it means uh, cunning, Wily or crafty Or maybe even insidious In operation Or skillful or clever Okay insidious is just damn evil That's what it is Okay mm-hmm. so Satan is evil Okay how did he trick Eve Now this is important basically, How did he trick her Basically he tricked her Into thinking that the judgment of the Lord Was going to come by the, the immediately when she uh, made the decision to go against his commandments. Okay, that's that's one thing, but it's another thing, and it's it's highlighted. What does it have to deal with? What is the conversation based off? What was she going to well, do? The conversation. Well, the conversation was based off of when you look at it, and I and I may be I may be following with the, with the point that you're trying to bring out, and I may not. But the whole thing is, is that didn't he say that you shall eat of, uh, didn't you, can't you uh, eat of every um, tree in the garden? Well, yeah, okay, so what is, the, what, what is the act that she's going to do? Basically, she's going to break the commandment based on a half-truth uh, and a lie. Yeah, she's breaking the commandments. Okay, that's the, that's the, the thing that she's doing, but what is she doing to break the commandments? What did I say? You can eat. Okay. So what do people do in these pagan traditions? 
basically they partake of the, the um what you call it the 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 uh food that's basically more or less um I can't even get my words together uh, right now the things that are dedicated to those to those gods in a sense because so, they were basically bless the food and thank the Lord for the Christmas tree and all of these things in honor of that pagan holiday. Uh, at Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, these days, what are they having? Aren't they having some a kind feast. of feast? That's why it's called yeah. festive. It's a feast. It's the biggest feast that you're going to have. There's going to be wine. There's going to be drink. There's going to be cakes. There's going to be pies. There's going to be meats. There's going to be treats. There's going to be delights. So who doesn't like to eat? Okay. Oh. So it's something, and the scriptures tell you to beware of your appetites, okay? And that eating goes beyond just food because we understand that what what Eve ate or what she devoured, what she partaked in, was not an apple, okay? It was a fruit. Just like the scriptures speak about the fruits of the spirit, she took on a philosophy. She took on a doctrine. She took on knowledge, okay, because of the the fruit that she had, it made her understand between good and evil, okay? And it's something that she wasn't um, supposed to partake into. So the things that people are partaking to in Christmas, yes, they are eating food. That's something that they desire. They desire that. I desire a big festive feast. That's a desire, okay? They desire their appetite. They have an appetite for sex. People that's into sex or fornication or adultery, guess what? It's the best time of the year for that because there's going to be plenty of food. There's going to be plenty of wine. There's going to be plenty of drink. So what? What is Satan doing to Eve is the same thing he's doing to people now that's caught in pagan traditions. He's attacking their senses. He's attacking their appetites, the things that people desire and want. What do people want at Christmas? They, don't they want love and affection? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. So aren't people generally nicer during this time? Oh, yeah. Probably because they drunk or they had plenty of drink. They're more relaxed or they didn't smoke the split or whatever. Their, their food, they're, they're fed because there's so much food and stuff going around. And people say, how can that be bad? How can that be bad? I'm getting more love. Women are loose. People are happier. How can that be bad? So it's an illusion. It's an deception. So saying God, that's what the servant did. Using tricky, he's insidious, he's evil. So what did he use against Eve? He used her desire against her. He's like, look, you can mm-hmm. have all this food. You can have of any tree. Why don't you have this tree? So Satan's mission is to get people to sin and to come away from the most high. So that's what Christmas is designed as in. Okay? It's hidden all of the five senses. <laughs> Sight, um, your what you can hear, what you can see, what you can touch, what you can taste. You're going to have food. You're going to have drink. Um, there's merriment. Um, children are getting candy. You know, they say there's a separation between church and state in the United States, but is this not being taught in schools? Oh, yeah. 
All day, every day. The fruit of the tree. So the truth has to be told. And that's why we... You know, we're going to go into the market of beast because a lot of people say the market of beast. The market of beast is a computer chip. The market of beast, man, you got the market of beast, you better throw away your credit card because the barcode, the barcode within the barcode, you see the little line right here? That's a six. And the next line, the long line, that's a six. And the next line, that's a six. So you got a six, six, six. So if you carry a credit card, you got six, six, six. You know, there's a lot of misconceptions about that. But we see from the beginning how did Satan operate? He got people to sin by their own desire and then what what happens once people sin through their desire they don't keep it to themselves they spread they share it because that's what Eve did oh this is great this is great I'm gonna give it to my husband I'm gonna give this philosophy this fruit this doctrine to my husband now for him to partake into it and before we continue I just want to play this clip this is a clip of Drew 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 Carey who's at one of the, the, the White House Correspondents' annual dinners. And um, if you don't know Drew Carey, Drew Carey is um, one of those comedians. But I want you to listen to what he says. Because a lot of people say, oh, who are these guys? <laughs> you know, we're just some poor righteous teachers. Why should anyone listen to these guys? They're nobody. They're, show, they're not no NBC, ABC, Fox, or whatever. They're on blog talk radio. They don't got much to say. Why should we listen to them? So let's listen to this guy. Let's use his white privilege and let's see what he says. I watch the news. It gets so depressing. I mean, I just get watching the news. You know what I do when I watch the news? I turn the news off. I get out my Bible. I turn to the book of Revelation. And I start just checking stuff off. <laughs> See, a lot of people won't get that. Why is that funny? Because Ozzy Osbourne calls himself the Prince of Darkness. How is he America's favorite TV dad if you say he's the Prince of Darkness? That's why he's that. That's why I say a lot of people are not going to get that. (laughs) Hilarious. Let's let's continue. We forgot about that. Celebrating with the Passover kangaroo. 
comes out and says it on, you know, one of the biggest stages, the White House Correspondents' Annual Dinner. And and people just laugh it away. People just laugh it away. Why? Because it's touching their lust, their desires, the things that they want. If you're really going to be a true Christian, then as the prophets of old and as Jesus Christ himself, you're going to suffer persecution. Even Christ himself said, many shall be offended. Okay. Um, Let's get to scripture where Satan speaks about transforming himself into an angel of light. You or me? Second Corinthians eleven and fourteen. All right. Second Corinthians eleven and fourteen. Matter of fact, let's start from thirteen. Second Corinthians eleven and thirteen. It says, it says, "For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ." So stop. No it says, "For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming them into the apostles of Christ." So. There's ministers, there's apostles, there's pastors, there's people out there that say that they're representing Jesus Christ, but guess what? They're deceitful workers. They have nothing to do with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And Isaiah 8 and 20 told you, what did it tell you in Isaiah 8 and 20? That if they speak not according to this word, meaning the law, the test, the whole complete Bible, because Jesus Christ said in John um, the fifth chapter in the 45th verse He said um, how people were offended at Moses It's like well if you didn't believe what Moses wrote How could you believe me because Moses wrote of me Meaning Christ Moses wrote about Jesus Christ Jeremiah wrote about Jesus Christ Isaiah wrote about Jesus Christ In Genesis you can read about Jesus Christ So if you don't deal with the Old Testament How can you deal with the New? Oh. So but anyway 
the scriptures is telling you that there are deceitful workers transforming themselves to make them look like they are the apostles or the followers of Jesus Christ. Read on. Right. So it says, but such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, but Satan himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So it says, and no marvel. Now, when it says no marvel, this isn't talking about Marvel Comics, okay? What is it talking about? I mean, don't, like, oh, this is a miraculous thing. No, don't marvel at this is happening, okay? Don't be astonished that, okay, Christmas could be satanic, or Easter could be satanic, or Valentine's Day could be satanic. It's a pagan tradition, meaning pagan is just nice for satanic. Well, well, the pagans, they worship nature and the flowers and the trees. There's nothing wrong with that. There's love. No. If you say that you are a Christian and you follow Jesus Christ, you cannot follow that. Okay? That's what the Bible is calling evil. That's what the Bible is calling um bad or sinful or wicked. So don't be astonished that Satan can transform himself into what? An angel of light. Now when people think about angels, what do they think about? The what do they think about? I'm actually a bunch. Angel. When you think about angel, what's the picture that comes to your head? The, the the people on the daggone uh, ceiling of, the, of uh, was it the Sistine Chapel? <laughs> they think the, the the blonde-headed dudes with blue eyes and long white robes and, and a glowing halo on top of their head and wings. Okay. Or it's the butt-naked baby with the bow and arrow with little wings, oh. which is Cupid, which is another god. It's oh, another God. Oh, oh. Cupid, Cupid. So you people don't understand, that's where you get the February and you get the Valentine's Day. Cupid and Eros, that's where you get the word erotic. Erotic, erotic. That's where you get the word erotic, erotic uh, uh, schism. They're both gods, okay? They're both freaky gods. Get freaks and orgies and things like that. The scriptures is not dealing with that. So an angel... When you look in the Hebrew, angel just means messenger. Messenger. So Satan is getting transformed into a messenger of light. He's fooling you and tricking you to make you think that his message is the right message. That his message is the message of Jesus Christ. Okay, it says, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. What happens when something trans, look up the word transform for me. You know, it's true. We have to look up words because people are being conditioned 
and dumbed down, literally. The education system is being dumbed down. I mean, they had in in the um, the textbooks that instead of slavery, the slaveries want slaves. They were migrant workers oh. looking for work. Hey, come on, get in this boat. Oh. We got plenty of work over here in North America, Jamestown, Virginia, Plymouth, Plymouth Rock. Come on. We got work over here. Oh. We're going to take this butt. It's a bit cramped in here, but we can make it. <laughs> so people oh. are purposely being dumbed down, tricked food, and deceived. And a lot of people, that's going to be their, their their mode of operation until the end of time, or until they die. They're going to accept the deception, a.k.a. the mark of the beast. So, got that? Transform. Yep. Transform. It says, to change in form, appearance, or structure, or to change in condition, nature, character, convert, or to transmute. Okay. So... Satan is is changing or modifying his appearance, but that's not his true nature. It's a mask, is it not? Yes, correct. So he's making you think that he's who? Who's the light of the world? It tells that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Right. So Christ is the messenger of the light. So Satan wants to distract you from the true message and give you his message. Now, it says of light. What is light? I want you to look up the definition of light. What is light supposed to do? It's a noun, and it says something that makes things visible or affords illumination. Okay. So let's see. Go to, I want, first of all, I want you to go to John 3.19 and read that. And then... St. John 3.19 It says And this is the condemnation That light is coming to the world And men love darkness Rather than light Because their deeds were evil Whoa, read that again And this is the condemnation That light is coming to the world And men love darkness Rather than light Because their deeds were evil Wow So Christ is the light He's bringing the light in the world But what is What's the problem That light is lighting up the wickedness Of men So men love darkness Rather than the light So when Satan comes to say Well look actually It's okay for you to worship these idols as pagan because it's about Jesus. But just as the man said, it's got nothing to do with Jesus. Christmas got nothing to do with Jesus. He says nothing at that was his word. He said nothing at all. I was like, whoa. Someone said this at the presidential correspondence dinner? And like, okay, whatever, man. We just keep on doing what we We'll keep on being deceived. We'll keep on being tricked. We'll keep on being fooled. How? Why? Read, read that again. Read that again. All right. St. John chapter 3, verse 19. 
<clears throat> and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So when the light comes into the world, what does it do? What does it do? It exposes the evil. Exactly. Because when you condemn something, that don't mean you show favor to it, does it? No. So it's when Christ came opposite. into the world, what was he doing? He was con- he was condemning sin and wickedness and showing us how to repent. Condemnation is an expression of very strong disapproval. The action of condemning someone to a punishment sentencing. So this is the common the, the the condemnation that light is come into the world. So see what people don't understand what the Bible says about the world and the world view. Why did Christ had to come in? Because there was sin in the world that has to be conquered, that has to be faced, that has to be addressed, that has to be talked about. And this is the thing that people don't want to talk about. They just want to have a good time. They don't want to be questioned about their sins. They don't want to be questioned about their actions. They don't want to be put on blast. Yo, just keep that in the dark. Keep that in the dark. Don't talk about it. It ain't your problem. It ain't your business. This is the condemnation that has come into the world. But men love darkness. So I want you to go to... First John five nineteen. First John five nineteen. It says, And we know that we are of God and the whole world in dark excuse me, in wickedness. So when Christ came into the world and he lit up the world, he was showing the wickedness that will First and foremost, what Israel was doing, okay, the Israelites was doing. They came speaking to them and showing them that they needed to repent. When he met the adulterous woman, um, did he say, you know, well, you find what you're adultery. These men, see, they were wicked as hell. They tried to judge you, but they was wicked. Go ahead and keep committing adultery. Was that the conclusion uh-huh. of the conversation that he had with them? No. Absolutely What was not. the conclusion? He says, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. So just going back to when you read the definition of of condemn, about the Mm -hmm. strong, unfavorable, or averse, like the disapproval, or Mm -hmm. even it says like to give grounds or reason for conviction, Mm because that was the thing. The grounds or the reason for her being convicted was the fact that she committed adultery. And the mm-hmm. Lord said, repent for the kingdom. That's what it says. As he began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So mm-hmm. that means that he gave her the ability to escape the conviction or to be convicted and fall to that judgment of death and to turn from that. Because after he told her, neither do I condemn thee, and that's when people stop reading. Then he goes <laughs> on and says, go and sin no more, which means, you know what? You are worthy of death based on the act that you committed. I have the power from God on high to grant you forgiveness of sin. Mm. 
So what your duty is moving forward is to not do that again. That's what go and sin no more means. Hmm. But mm. you know what? I, I want to read the, the next verse where we're still at in Second John. Go ahead. We started in, in 5 and 19, verse mm-hmm. 20. It says, and we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This mm. is the true God and eternal life. So the thing mm. is, at the beginning it says that, the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding, okay? Because, see, before we get that understanding of Jesus Christ and truly understand what it means to sin and truly understand the difference and be able to discern, meaning be able mm-hmm. to tell the difference between good and evil according to the word of God, we're still in our sin. We're mm. still in darkness. But when we come to that light of understanding, like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I understand. This is what the purpose of Jesus Christ is. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is what the Lord says is sin. This is what he says is evil. And this is what he says is righteousness. And this is the light. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. He gives us the understanding. Mm. Not we just blindly going about in the darkness and emboldening and, and our sins and getting a pat on the back for it. Mm. And I want you to I want you to uh, flip it and go to Proverbs six and twenty three, and we still we're still dealing with um, the the light. All right. Proverbs six and twenty three. For the commandment is a lamp. And the law is light, and reproofs of instructions are the way of life. So it said, the, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and the reproofs or instructions are a way of life. So that's explaining Jesus Christ in a nutshell. Jesus Christ came taught, uh-huh. teaching the commandments. Get John 14 and 15 real quick so we can, we can make that um, evident. We can make that plain and we can make that clear, okay? The reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So we need to be reproved or corrected of our lifestyle. Is it according to Jesus Christ? When you celebrate on December the 25th and you say, this is the birth of Christ, is that true? Is that biblically correct? Is that according to the law and the testimony? Can you find that in Jeremiah? Can you find that in Genesis? Oh, well, Christ wasn't born then. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Where, where is that saying? Where is it saying in the, in the epistles of Paul or the letters of Paul or Revelations or Philippians or Galatians? Where is that written? So people are not finding these things. So they're finding other ways or other excuses to celebrate or to keep these pagan traditions, and none of them are valid, okay? None of them are valid. Um, and in saying that, why don't we um, go to uh, Mark. Mark, the seventh chapter, and let's start from six. All right. 
Because that's exactly what we read in we read in Jeremiah ten where the Lord said the customs of the people are vain. Vain means of no profit. You putting a Christmas tree in your house and wishing everybody a Merry Christmas or a Happy New Year, you don't get any points with the Heavenly Father because that has nothing to do with the Most High or Jesus Christ at all. The Christmas tree, the mistletoe, the Yule log, all these things have nothing at all, just as Drew Carey said, they have nothing to do with the Bible at all. Uh-huh. All right. Here we go. He said Mark 7 and, and 6. And 6. It says, He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. When people say Merry Christmas, that's supposed to be to the honor and veneration of Jesus Christ. That's why I said, let put Christ is the reason for the season. <laughs> they got nothing oh. to do with it. So it's hypocrisy. If what 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 did Jesus Christ preach and teach? He taught repentance, repentance of sin. What is sin? When you read First John the third chapter and the fourth verse, what is sin, Abaja? Sin is the transgression of the law. No, but that's legalism. You're teaching now, you're teaching legalism. Wait a minute. Hmm. Why would Christ, then Christ was teaching legalism? Because he told the adulterous woman, don't sin anymore. Don't don't be caught up in no adultery anymore. See, that's how it's showing you it's the rise of Satanism. Because Satan's doctrine is, do as thy will shall be the whole of the law. Do whatever you want to do. But that's not the doctrine that Jesus Christ was doing. He told us to repent of sin. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So these things are going contrary to what the scriptures are saying. Go ahead. And here here yeah, it I'm, is. People say, don't deal with the Old Testament. Why is Christ um, referencing Isaiah? Are you going to say no, I was just going to quickly read First John chapter three verse four, where read it says, "Whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law." There it is, plain and simple. No one can, no one can tell me what sin is. Well, sin if you don't love somebody, then that's sin. Or if you're not listening to God, then that's no. First John chapter three, verse four will tell you what sin is. Okay. So let's go back to Mark 7, unless you want to read 6 again. Uh, I'll read them together. Uh, Mark 7 and 6. For he answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For doctrines Of men See Christmas was never A a Christian Celebration There's always been a pagan celebration As the clip I prayed earlier How it was instituted by Constantine Okay Constantine became the ruler Over the Roman
Roman Empire, and he instituted these practices. He instituted um, the Sunday worship. Why? Because he was a pagan himself. That's why we have um, the Sabbath changed from Saturday or the seventh day of the week to now the first day of the week. Why? Because they did their they did their religious observance and reverence to the sun on the first day of the week. What you have to understand, everything that Satan does is contrary to the Heavenly Father, okay? It's completely contrary to the Heavenly Father, okay? The, the, in, in the Bible, the new year begins with life, okay? In, 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 satan, in the satanic new year, which you have in January, which January is just a, a name of, that comes from Janus, which is the two-headed God, the God of endings and beginnings, okay, that represents death. See, Satan does a complete opposite. Mosai has a year beginning in the springtime, and then Satan has the, 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 the year beginning at the end of the dead of winter. And people can't make out these contrasts because they're so caught up into their lust and their sin, they can't see that the devil is insidious and that he's evil, and he wants to trick them out of their salvation. He wants to trick them out of the true love, peace, and harmony that the Most High has for them. So they're tricked into this false sense of, uh, uh, of a utopia. That's why people be sad and depressed after Christmas gone. People can't even get straight to two, three weeks, you know, into January. They're not straight. So read on. But the whole thing that Christ is bringing it home, and he said, how be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandment of men. Remember we read in Acts 5.29 that Peter said we ought to obey God rather than men. So December the 25th was set up by men, but you can go and look in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and see all of the holidays of the Most High God. And people say, well, that's the Old Testament, and that's Jewish, and this and that. When you go to 1 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, it tells you that the Lord is our Passover. So what are you talking about? Uh -huh. It's just people don't understand because they don't want to understand. They want to eat. They want to get laid. They want to get paid. They, I'm, I'm looking at so-and-so, and that boy, she look good. She beautiful. But, yo, she married. I don't care. She drunk. She liked me. She gave me the eye. She gave me the okay. So that's a husband problem. That ain't my problem. This is one of the things that a lot of people are doing at Christmas time. Carry on reading. Let's see what the Lord's saying. You got more to say? Let's see. Um, Verse 8, for laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold your tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. For laying aside, because <laughs> this is what people do. You come and tell them, and like, okay, Christmas is pagan, this is pagan. And we're going we're gonna to spend the last 45 minutes going into the mark of the beast. People lay uh -huh. aside the commandments of the Heavenly Father and the holy days that the Heavenly Father set up. For these pagan holidays. Because many people know that, okay, this is pagan. Yeah, it's pagan, but it's for the kids. Yeah, it's pagan, but this is the only time of the year somebody's going to show me some love and affection. 
like, man, you you that desperate? You know, dealing with one of the pagan traditions of Valentine's Day. I remember speaking to uh, this young sister who's out and about, and um, we were speaking about Valentine's Day. And, you know, I was explaining to her a bit about the origin, and I said, you know, how do you believe your man, your boyfriend, and your husband, he's given you flowers. Basically, he's been commanded by society to show you love on that one day where you're supposed to receive love and affection every day. And she's like, I don't care long as I long as I get something. And I was like, wow. I just looked at her like this is a person that's really deprived of love, of affection, of care, or someone caring for. We're just like, you're so desperate that, look, I would break the Lord's commandments just to have someone care for me or love me or think about me. But see, the scriptures tell you that we're not supposed to owe no man anything but to love one another. That's the basis of uh, Christianity, that you're supposed to love your neighbor as you love yourself, okay? The scriptures speak about husbands and wives and how the husbands is supposed to love his wife as his own flesh, and no man never hated his own flesh. You read that in um, Ephesians 5. The fifth chapter. So why is he all these different concepts? Because they're paid, they lay aside what the scriptures say, the Bible says, that's legalism. Don't listen to that. You can do whatever you want to do. Jesus is going to be with you. You you can gay or straight. Jesus is going to be with you. Whether you're a pedophile, Jesus is going to be with you. Or whether you're an adulterer, whether you're a murder thief, Jesus is going to be with you. Just believe in Jesus. And that's not true. Oh. Celebrate whatever you want. You can celebrate whatever you want to do to to honor Jesus Christ. That's on you. If you want to say, I'm going to take December the 25th, and that's the time that I honor Jesus Christ, that's how I'm honoring him. But that's not what it's saying. So this is what people do. They've taken the pagan traditions, and they've thrown out the Bible. they put the Bible away and said, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to follow these traditions of the other nations. So laying aside uh-huh. the commandment, the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. They got pastors telling the women, look, the Holy Spirit, you cannot wear any underwear because the Holy Spirit is going to enter in through your vagina. Take that for a second They've got pastors Teacher I'm going to sell you this prayer cloth It's green It's got the touch point And when you touch it to your head It's been anointed by the Holy Spirit And that's going to cure you When the scripture says The Lord says he heals He wounds But no if you spill 995 For this green prayer cloth that's been anointed from the holy oil from the river Jordan. That's been anointed on the holy rock in Jerusalem. This is going to kill you. So people will take that, but they won't take what it says in the scriptures. That's why Christ said, "In many other things, such like things, do you do that are the commandments of men." 
but you won't listen to the commandments of God. Isn't that statutes on adultery in the in the legal system in the world? Huh. Isn't that oh. statutes for stealing in the in the legal system in the world? Isn't that statutes for every commandment in the Bible? Isn't that statutes on on the law books? Yep. Even homosexuality. There's statutes in the law books for homosexuality. That's legalism. You're dealing with that old law, uh, uh, salvation through works. That's what you're dealing with. No, we're dealing with Jesus Christ. But anyway, read on. Let's let's conclude because I want to get into a little bit of this uh, Mark of the Beast. Uh-oh. Mark Hold of on. the Beast business. I lost my place. All right, here we go. Mark 7 and 9. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. You want me to keep going? Mm-mm. Hold it there. Full well. What does that full well mean? That means that they weren't deceived. They weren't tricked. There was no misunderstanding. There was no misreading. There was no misinterpretation. Oh, you know what? I was mistaken. Full well, meaning that they fully understood exactly what it was they were doing. It was on purpose. It was, there was intent, okay? You know, it wasn't a mistake. And this is what's happening today because many people are finding out that uh, these different holidays and, and things are not of the Bible, but they're doing them anyway. They're oh. doing them anyway. Do what they want they're to do. They're doing them anyway. They're doing them anyway. You know, I've, I've spoken to I've spoken to many families and friends, people that's educated, people that's not got degrees, and you know, they're they're not of no why, no way and shape and form simple. Okay, no way that I have any kind of uh, of uh, mental disorders. It'll tell you, okay, A, B, C, and D. Okay, here's where it comes from. Here is the facts. Here is the book. Here's the biblical scriptures. And it's like, you know what? I hear that, but like, what do you mean, but? I just show you all the facts. Pointing out to you A, B, C, and D. Well, A, B, C, and D don't mean A, B, C, and D to me. Like, huh? If you went to school and said that, you would not pass. You would not pass. But this is what happened. People are fully rejecting what the Bible is saying to keep their own tradition, to keep these pagan traditions intact. Why? Because it's hitting all of their senses. It's hitting all their senses. At Christmas time, what do you see? What do you see? You see just about any and everything. Decorations. Decorations. Lights everywhere. Oh, look at the pretty lights and music. 
music, music oh. everywhere. You get on, you go to the train station, you go to the supermarket, you're in the schoolhouse, the courthouse, the outhouse. There's music about Christmas. So the brainwashing machine, the brainwashing machine is strong. Oh. So now here someone comes and says, well, Christmas is pagan. It's not about Jesus. You know, the, the first time we taught that here in the U.K., guess what happened? Y'all got locked up. They threw us in jail. That's how radical, that's how radical it is for you to say this. They put us in, in jail. Nin- 19, 19, 90, 1996, 97. Like, y'all got to go to jail. Y'all got to go to jail. They couldn't hold us. Like, what's the charge? Well, they, they were talking about Christmas. They were talking about Christmas. <laughs> you will say nothing bad about Christmas now. Don't say nothing about my bad about my Christmas. It's so anyway, let's Christmas. Yeah, I've, and, and believe it or not, I've heard people say that you gotta keep my Christmas. Like, okay, I thought that was I thought that was the South, and I hear that over here in the UK. People say that like in front of just. All right, mm-hmm. last thirty minutes or so. Um, let's take a short short break. I'm going to play this clip. I got it this time, Abaja. But um, this is a a show we do on Wednesdays called From Darkness to Light, and we're going to be bringing up some new shows um, on Darkness to Light. But uh, it's it's a show, I think it goes in line with some of the things that we're saying here on this show today. It's called From Darkness to Light, Throne of the Underworld. And this is, um, as we go and take a short break, this is the, the opening to that show. So let's listen to it as we take a short break. From darkness to light, throne of the underworld. I may not be the best person in the world, but I know I'm not the worst. When I die, I know that all the good that I've done in life outweigh the bad. On Judgment Day, I'm pretty sure that God will have better things to worry about than what I put into my body or who I choose to love. These are quotes that speak to the heart of what most Christians believe about judgment and the afterlife. But are these beliefs in line with the teachings of Jesus Christ in the Holy Bible? Or are the amalgamation of pagan beliefs and outright lies that have found their way into the church. The Bible begins in the book of Genesis with the serpent convincing mankind that he can escape the punishment of death regardless of sin. So has the philosophy of the serpent prevailed on the earth till this very day? Join us today for another installment of From Darkness to Light as we use the words of the Holy Bible to expose the satanic lies surrounding the throne of the underworld.
Okay. So we're back, and our last part, we're going to be breaking down the mark of the beast. Okay. Kings and priests, pagan traditions, and the mark of the beast. That's the name of the show that we're doing. Um, we just really just having a recap, going over Christmas and and you know I want to end off I want to end off all of Christmas and pagan traditions with this. This is this is from the show, um, the Boondocks and the Boondocks is a, a, a cartoon, kind of like satire cartoon, and you got one of the characters and he begins to bring out the truth about Christmas. So let's listen to. To this before we um get into the mark of the beast. The building refused, I am visual, the inspiration that make ladies in the blues. I'm the spark that makes your idea bright. The same spark that lights the dark, so that you can only stop with your sight. I am the ballad in your box, the bullet in the gun, the inner glow that let you call your brother's son. The story that just begun, the promise of what's to come, and I'm gonna remain a soldier till the war's gone. <laughs> And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, If glory to God is in the highest, and on earth peace could glory to Whether it's sin as far as what you're eating or 
with you uh, uh, wearing or getting gifts or getting affection or getting love. It's appealing to that, whether it's the truth or whether it, it isn't or whether it's a lie. People just don't care. They just don't give a hoot. They just don't um, care to know. Like, that's boring. I don't want to know about that. Tell me something else. Oh. Tell me something else. So let's go to, matter of fact, yeah, let's go to Revelations 13 and 13. All right. Revelation 13 and 13. It says, And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, mm-hmm. and deceiveth them that dwell on earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by the sword and did live. Read on. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast. Right. And cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Go ahead. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So this is where a lot of people go into a feeding frenzy, where it says it's a credit card, it's a cashless society, it's a RFID, a RFID uh, real frequency um, chip that's going to be able to ID you, they're going to be able to switch it on and off, and if you don't uh, follow them or do what they tell you to do, and then you won't be able to buy and sell, blah, blah, blah. Like, come on. You just stay in the confines of what the scripture says, Isaiah 8 and 20, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, there is no light. And so you won't find RFID in the scripture, will you? No. You won't find your Jesus, Jesus credit. Credit card, put it on the main line, credit card, visa, uh, 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 debit card. In the, you won't find that in the scriptures, will you? Nope. No. The scriptures is about good and evil. The scriptures is about the Israelites, the people of God. The scriptures is about righteousness and holiness. The scriptures is about wickedness being revealed and put down. The scriptures is about the birth of Christ, him coming up, his life, his resurrection, and his return, and the destruction of the wickedness of the world and be a new, the heaven and a new earth. Well, you don't, this is things that's made up by men, okay? Read 18. We're going to get into the mark and all those things and those things of what they can be. Remember, everything that Satan is doing is a counterfeit to what the Most High is doing. Go ahead. It says, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for the number, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. Now, it says, Here is wisdom. Let him that have what? 
understanding. Okay. Who does the Bible say is going to have understanding? Can anyone pick up this book, look at it, read Revelations, and say, I understand everything that that's talking about. That's talking about the RFID chip. That's talking about the microfilm. That's talking about the barcode. You got a barcode in the back of your hand, in the back of your hand, in the front of your hand, in the front of your nose. Who's going to understand this? Okay, go to Proverbs, the eighth chapter, eighth verse, and let's find out who is going to understand because it's a mystery. All right, you said Proverbs eight and eight. Mm-hmm. All right. It Read says, down to all nine. the words of my all right, Proverbs eight and eight. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. Mm-hmm. They are all plain to him that understandeth and right to them that find knowledge. They're all plain to him. All the words are in righteousness. There's no wickedness in the most high. They are all plain. Straightforward to him that understandeth. Okay, Psalms one hundred eleven, and verse ten. And this is this is going to give you the understanding, so you can see plainly who is going to understand. Oh. Psalms one eleven and ten. It says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." Mm. A good understanding have all they that do his commandment, praise his praise endureth forever. Read that again so we can make it clear. Alright. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise mm. endureth forever. So who's gonna understand these concepts and these mysteries of the scriptures? Well, the people that keep the commandments too first. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anybody could understand fornicators, adulterers, murderers, thieves, pedophiles. They're going to understand what this is talking about. Yeah, clearly they don't because they're dealing with their own understanding by emboldening themselves to continue in sin. And so if you keep the commandments and you you follow Jesus Christ as it is written, okay, you're going to understand what these things are going into. So let's go back to let's go back to Revelation. Revelation is spoke, is spoke about a mark and to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And remember, remember, I said everything that Satan does is a is a counterfeit or is contrary, or is the opposite of what the Most High does. So let's look. How did the Most High mark his people? Go to Ezekiel 9, and let's start from verse 3. Ezekiel 9 and 3. All right. It says, And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherubs, Whereupon he was to the threshold of the house, and he called to the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men 
that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. So when he set his mark upon the forehead of the men, who was he marking? It says that it was marking, setting the mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that are done in the midst thereof, meaning that these were the people that just like when how Lot was vexed mm. with the conversation of the wicked in Sodom and Gomorrah, meaning, yeah, he lived there, but he wasn't down with a lot of the things that was going on, okay? He didn't condone the things or he wasn't uh, in agreement with the things that were going on in that city, and nor did he partake of those things that were going on in the city Yet he lived there, okay? So when it talks about the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof, that means that those are the people that see the wickedness for what it is, and they themselves have repented or are in the process of getting themselves together and following the, the, uh, the commandments through the example of Jesus Christ. And they're, they're sick of it, basically. Mm. Not only, It's not just a matter of, Oh man, I don't like this and oh man, I don't like that. No. The sign and crying is based on the understanding of the scriptures, not picking and choosing what we want to sigh and cry about. Because you got people that want to mm-hmm. sigh and cry about a persons being uh, a homosexual, but we want to embrace fornication, uh, a man dealing with as many women as he wants to. We'll embrace that all day. Mm. No, we sigh and cry for all of the things that are contrary to the commandments of, of the Lord and hope that those that continue in those things repent. That's what okay. it means. Okay. So now it said the men that sigh and cry, these are the men that standing up for righteousness and they're tired of the wickedness. Right? Uh-huh. So let's see what let's yep. see. Let's see what happened to the wickedness. Let's see what happened to the the wicked. All right, you want to stay in Ezekiel? And stay in Ezekiel, yeah. All right. I'll start at we, verse we, 4 again. We, we're gonna, we'll, we'll come back to what the mark is by going to Isaiah 8 and 16. All right. But I want you so to Ezekiel, read. I want to read uh-huh. to show you that Satan is doing contrary to what the Most High is doing. So the righteous men, the, the angels tell him, look, put a mark on the righteous men. And what he's saying to him is like, Put the, the the mark isn't a physical mark. He's saying to note them. Why? Because something's going to happen to the rest of the people that's not sighing and crying out for the wickedness that's doing wickedness. So read. All right. So I'm going to start at 9 and 4 again. It says, And the Lord mm-hmm. said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to others, he said in mine hearing, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Mm-hmm. It says, go ahead. verse 6, slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Then they wow. begin at the ancient men which were before the house. Wow. So when you look at, if you just jump back to, to Revelations, 
go back to Revelations, what happened to people that didn't take the mark of the beast? Okay. Basically, let me see here. Revelation 13 and 15. It says, mm-hmm. he had the power to give life to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Wow. So it's co- that's, completely, that's completely the opposite of what happened in Ezekiel, isn't it? Uh-huh. So instead of the wicked being killed, who's being killed now? The, the righteous. The righteous are not, that are not down with the beast. So it's like Rick James. The tables are turned. Oh Lord! The table. The tables are turned. That's what happens. This is what Satan does. Like he's going to mark his people. How is he marking his people? See, for you to understand how Satan is marking his people, you got to understand how the Most High marks his people. How the Most High seals his people. Go to Isaiah eight and sixteen. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 16 Isaiah 8 and 16 It says bind up the testimony Seal the law among my disciples And I will wait upon the Lord Bind the testimony Bind the testimony when you bind something, it's something that you tie. Okay, can you what what, do you, what does that mean? About I'm supposed to I'm supposed to tie up the Bible on my hand on my head. No, is that what us it means? Binding the testimony, us binding the testimony, uh, uh, <laughs> or uh, sealing the law amongst the disciples. That's basically <laughs> us learning the commandments and following it and applying it oh, in our lives. Boy. You sure? Confident? Well, well, we're, we're in the same chapter that we started the show with because if you Isaiah the eighth chapter, if you read down <laughs> to verse twenty, it says to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So all of this is oh, in the context. We ain't just pulling Amazing. scriptures out the air. See that word matches up with that word there. No. <laughs> it says Amazing. no light in the volume of the book. Amazing, amazing. Um, let's go to the book of, of Hebrews. All right, what you want of Hebrews? Um <laughs> Hebrews eight and eight. All right. Hebrews chapter eight and verse eight. It says Mm -hmm. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come and saith the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, mm-hmm. not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant 
and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that that's the fault. Mm-hmm. The Lord wasn't at fault. We were. Mm-hmm. We don't. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. So stop there. So the the mark when it says when it says he's going to write it into their into their hearts. Does that mean a literal writing? Go get, all right, the angel. Get get. I want you to get the ballpoint pen and write it on them. Is that what it's no. talking about? So it's not something no. that's literal. It's a thinking. Okay, it's in your heart and your mind and how you think. So it's the same thing. With the mark of the beast. People are turning away from Jesus Christ. People are turning away from the scriptures, and they're embracing Satanism. That is just a culmination. It's going to be the apex where it comes out. You're going to have to accept the satanic doctrine or die. And this isn't the first time, okay? When you look in the, in the Maccabees, it came out, look, you're going to put that Bible down. You're going to put the law down. Don't circumcise your children. If you do it, if we catch you with this law or the doctrine of the Jews, you will be put to death. And that's what they're doing when, when the Greeks came in the power and authority, overthrew the temple, and that's what the, the Feast of Dedication of Hanukkah is about. They said, okay, you're not going to worship your God anymore. You're going to have to accept this doctrine and worship other gods. That's what the Mark of the Beast is about. Okay, let's go back to Revelation, and let's read some more on that before we um, have to go. See, we, we're already in... Um, Probably a little over time So you may have to catch the rest of this In the archive But it's just one or two 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 or three minutes That you're going to have to catch Because I want to read um, in Revelations 14 Alright You want to start at 14 and 1? Or little, yeah 14 and 1 14 and Alright Revelation 14 and 1 And I looked and lo A lamb stood on the Mount Sion and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Mm-hmm. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I so heard listen, the voice of see, harpers. See how you can you can match up with the scriptures, and the scriptures explain. It says written in their foreheads, meaning in their mind. Okay, go ahead. Just like it said, the new covenant is going to be written in their hearts. Go ahead. All right, verse 2. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Mm-hmm. And they sung it as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Mm-hmm. These are they which were not defiled with women. For they are virgins. These are they which followed the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. All right, I want you to jump down to the ninth verse. All right, verse nine. Third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, 
The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Okay, simple and plain. It says the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. So receive, meaning you have a choice. It's not going to be some kind of uh, secret. Oh, you didn't you had it, but you had it. Like, no, well, I ain't receive it. I didn't agree to this. You're going to have to agree or go along or to have fellowship with. You're going to have to acknowledge it. Like, oh, this is what it is. Okay? It's not something that's going to be secret. Just like the most side comes out and say, okay, you have to repent. It's the same thing with Satan. You're going to have to accept. There's going to be an offer made. Just like when, when Christ walked the earth, was it an offer made to him to sin and to worship Satan? Was it plain? It was very plain. So that's what's going to happen in these last times. There's going to be a choice that you're going to have to make. And the choice is going to be either you worship Satan or you worship the Heavenly Father. And that's why the scriptures speak about how um, the saints are going to be beheaded and they're going to be put to death. And they're going to rejoice in that day. That's why it says, here's the patience and the faith of the saints. Because on that day when Christ come back, those that didn't worship the mark or the beast or didn't receive the mark of the beast. See, receive means you have to take. If you give me a gift, I say, nah, man, I don't receive it. The guy come to the door, UPS or whoever, FedEx, uh, uh, Postal Service, Royal Mail, whatever, come to the door and it's like, we got a package for you, sign for it. If I don't sign for it, what happens, Abadji? Do I get a package? No, you can't. You don't receive it. It goes back. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to wrap up the show, but give it all praises to the Heavenly Father. And, and Jesus Christ for allowing us to come back and, and, and do these live shows. And we actually tune in, call in, join us because we got many more lined up. And we're gonna we're gonna keep it going. We're gonna keep it flowing. But uh, remember to give us support, support us um, by calling in and tuning in. And we just give all praise to the Heavenly Fathers for giving us strength to do these shows because we face many obstacles where Satan is trying to come up against us and stop us, whether it's through technology, but we persevere. And we just like to say, everyone, thank you for tuning in, and shalom. Peaceful.